Hey, folks, welcome into the Mid-State 48 for week number three. Chris Brooks alongside Cam Reed and Scott Burton. Welcome in to our little weekly show. Good afternoon. Uh, gentlemen, good evening to you. Good evening. <laughs> uh, always throwing me a curveball, Cam. Nice job. Um, week three, region play starts this week for a lot of teams. So we kind of figure out starting now where a lot of teams are in 2022. Um, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Give me a couple of teams that you're looking at for this week to learn a little bit more about, if you would. Uh, Scott, we'll start with you. Uh, probably the biggest question I have is Davidson Academy. Um, you know, they didn't have a game week one. Week two, they played Boyd Buchanan and, and just didn't, uh, for one re- way or another, just didn't, uh, didn't perform well. I'm really interested to see where this team is at uh, and, and we'll we'll get a better idea after this week against FRA, just where uh, Davidson Academy is at, and what, uh, how good the Bears are. Yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to go more than one team. I'm going to go with the yeah. region, and that is Region Four Two A. Uh, they all play each other this week. East Robertson plays at Trousdale County, Watertown plays at Westmoreland, and um, White's Creek and Harpeth play each other. Harpeth off to a, a really good start, best start since '09, I believe. Uh, Charles County off to the first 0-2 start since 1987. Uh, East Robertson really like what they've been able to do on the offensive side of the ball in the first two weeks. Uh, and, of course, that big matchup that we will be covering Thursday night with Westmoreland and Watertown. Uh, the winner of that one has the inside track at a region championship. So I'm really excited about that region and what we will find out this week. Yeah, Cam, I, I'm glad you brought up Harpeth because I, I'm really interested to see just how good that team is. Yeah, it may take us a couple of more weeks to find out about Harpeth given that they're playing White's Creek, and then they'll play East Robertson in two weeks in week five, and, and I think that's kind of when we're going to find out if Harpeth is a region contender as well. If they are, then that means somebody's getting bumped from the playoff discussion this year, and it could be very interesting in that region for sure. Yeah, that's, that's one I'm going to keep my eye on as well. A lot of Thursday night games this week, and uh, one that um, we'll be at. Uh, I'll be over in DeKalb County for their region opener against Macon County. Um, that is our Spotlight Series game of the week on Thursday. It'll be brought to you by Innovate Medical. So I want to thank them for sponsoring that game this week. And we will have DeKalb County head coach Steve Trapp on in the next segment to talk about that game this week as well. Week two didn't have as many surprises as week one did. I think we started kind of seeing some things play out a little bit more like we expected. Uh, what stood out to you from last week's games, guys? Uh, I'll take uh, the first take game I'll talk first. about is the Blackman and Galton game. Uh, you know, we really had questions about that Blackman offense after that uh, not-so-great performance against Brentwood. Uh, in week one, failure to uh, finish drives there on the road against the Bruins. They rebound last week, uh, and Coach Tigard um, actually converted a couple onside kicks knew, knowing that he had to get some points on the board to make it more difficult on the Green Wave, uh, knowing that the Green Wave had uh, power football in their mind, you know, control the clock, control the game. Um, Galton pulled close. You know, Blackman got up 28-7. to in that game, 28-8 in that game. Uh, and then Galta came all the way back to make it 28-27. Uh, they went back and forth. Blackman winds up winning 42-33, I believe, was the final. Um, just a, a big win for the Blaze to get back on track. Uh, you know, the offense started rolling. They got another test this week against a team 
that we we're not sure about there in Riverdale. So that's one of our, our ten games we'll talk about later, but that's a, a big game uh, in Rutherford County this week. Uh, one game I'd like to talk about, or one team I'd like to talk about, um, uh, if you didn't see him, and if you didn't, blame ESPN, the Slipscombe Academy. I want to talk a little bit about that defense. Um, you know, they're they're down, and, you know, we, we all know – that Lipscomb has a very powerful offense. We hear all the time about that. Uh, their defense uh, can sometimes be overshadowed. And in this particular game, the pick six, the fumble, 99-yard fumble recovery is what won them the game. Their defense actually stepped up and then still managed to shut down uh, Thompson uh, for the rest of the, you know, rest of the way. So, you know, Give a little credit to the to the Lipscomb defense. Uh, that team is just scary good uh, on all phases of uh, of the game, and I think that uh, the, the biggest problem I saw out of that whole game was the fact that uh, the four letter network couldn't figure out a way to get the game showing on time, um, or or manage even to get it on the right streaming platform. <laughs> so uh, so. Uh, the good thing is, is that you didn't miss uh, the yeah, highlights the great, of it. That's exactly right, game, Scott, because uh, I didn't half. get the game on until <laughs> 10 minutes left to go in the third quarter is when I finally got it to be able to pull up, and the score was 14-3. to three. So we got to yeah. see all the, the good stuff for the team that we were rooting for. So Yeah. Uh, the other the other uh, game that was the one I was at uh, was the Pearl Cone NBA game. Um Pearl, Pearl's played two tough teams. You know, Cane Ridge is is no pushover, uh, and and NBA is just NBA. And what really really impressed me was how good NBA is on defense, and uh, their linebackers flew to the ball. They managed to keep uh, uh, Malachi Cromwell uh, contained, and Canard uh, uh, contained. And how good that defense was uh, for NBA, but Pearl, if they don't lose focus, these two games are will shape the team. You know, iron sharpens iron, right? Uh, you go against the big teams to be able to play in the postseason. I think Pearl, as long as they don't get lost in the mentality or, or start playing the blame game they're going to end up okay, and they're actually probably going to be better for it. Yeah, these two games, these first two games, I think were more a product of two teams taking out their frustrations for last year's losses <laughs> out on Pearl Cone. You're probably right. Else because, let's be honest here, Cane Ridge is better than expected and probably going to be one of the higher-ranked teams in 6A before it's all said and done. It's NBA easy. is a top three easy team in the state right now, yes. uh, in my opinion. You know, one other team that I want to mention yeah. right now that we've not really talked about, really flown under the radar uh, with a 2-0 start, is Station Camp. Station Camp with a big win week one against uh, White House with a three-score win. On the road last week in a tough week two region game at Hillsborough, uh, you know, a big game in week two that's going to – that will play factors into the playoffs. Uh, and Station Camp gets it done on the road uh, by three scores again in that one. Uh, the Bison is a team flying under the radar just like they did last year. Yeah, yep. I think I think you're right, and, I, and I'm guilty as I'm guilty as charged. You know, I, you know, I, 
you want to see consistency? Well, they're giving you consistency. It was last year. Now we're looking at this year. And and um, Coach Alexander's got that team playing and uh, got that culture going. Yeah. Another one that I want to look at, of course, I didn't get to cover any games because I was in East Tennessee last weekend, was Lebanon's 43-3 win over Wilson Central. That was a shocking result to me. I, that's a rivalry game that tends to be close, and Lebanon lambasting Wilson Central like that, Hillsborough's got to feel all right about their chances to beat Wilson Central and get in the playoffs this year despite losing the station camp. This Wilson Central team, they're going to have to figure it out quickly or else this season could get away from them in a hurry. But Lebanon is as advertised and probably even better. Yeah, I mean, they, Wilson Central is a young team. Uh, they're putting their team back together. It, it just depends on how they gel. I mean, in all honesty, how, how quickly those uh, young kids can come together. But you're absolutely right, Chris. Lebanon, I that's that's throwing lamps to the wolves at this point. Uh, Lebanon is just Yeah, they are one of the bona fide teams talent. in 6A. Uh, you cannot take a playoff against the Blue Devils, whether it be – when you're on offense, when you're on defense, when you're kicking the ball off, when you're punting the ball, when you're even attempting a field goal, you cannot take plays off against the Blue Devils because they will make you pay and put points on the scoreboard in a hurry. Yeah, you better lock the yeah. locker room door. Or they'll come in and steal your shoes. <laughs> and, and there is a Blue Devil on our list of finalists for Player of the Week presented by Miracle Auto Group, so let's go ahead and get that bit of business out of the way as well. Let's look at the uh, the seven that we have on that list this week. Again, thanks to Miracle Auto Group for providing the sponsorship for that this season. Lebanon's Jalen Abston, Smyrna's Arian Carter, Ty Clock the third from FRA, the second time he's been on this list. Kate Hewitt from Oakland, Thomas Jones from Smyrna, Deuce Scott from Brentwood Academy, and Deuce Scott gets the um, gets the fans vote. It was a close one, about sixty votes. Scott went with Deuce Scott. Cam also went with Deuce Scott. Tom was the one that took a different approach this week as he went with Katie Hewitt. And it's already official, but I just went ahead and added Deuce Scott's name to my vote as well. So uh, congratulations to Brentwood Academy's Deuce Scott for winning the Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week for week number two. We've got some hardware to get to you, and we'll be around to do that very, very soon. So congratulations to Deuce Scott. 230 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, and a touchdown reception against CPA and a big win for Brentwood Academy in week number two. So very impressive performance for that young man. And a great story with him, too. He is uh, he has had some hearing difficulties and has been able to overcome that to become an absolute beast in the backfield for the Eagles. He is one of the best players in that position in this area. Yes, uh, that was my told-you-so game last week out of our top ten. Uh, and, you know, I had a chance to watch that one uh, on YouTube. Uh, as Brentwood Academy was streaming that game for everyone. And, uh, you know, it's it was just too hard to pick against him. I mean, they win the game 28-17. to 17. He's responsible for all four touchdowns, over 230 yards on the ground. Uh, he controlled that, that football game, him and that offensive line. Uh, they really took it physically to CPA. Uh, the lines hung in there, but they, at the end it was just too much Eagles. You put 230 up on uh, CPA's defense. And that that's doing something. Uh, you hang that stat line on the wall, put it on a T-shirt, because you know that doesn't happen often. And to me, uh, that was the kicker. Yep. Let's hear from our sponsors, Miracle Auto Group, as they are the title sponsor for both the Player of the Week award and this show. Are you ready? Are you ready for a miracle? 
wait. With current inventory shortages, how do you find a deal? Pre-order and build it your way. Then get 5% off MSRP, but only when you pre-order now. New 2022 Jeep Gladiator and Jeep Grand Cherokee L. Labor Day sales event at Miracle Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Gallatin. Build it your way to get 5% off MSRP. DeKalb County head coach Steve Trapp on the line with us uh, talking about Thursday night's game of Macon County. It's our Spotlight Series game of the week. And, Coach, appreciate you taking some time with us. I know you guys are getting busy with a short week. Um, how's everything going so far for y'all? Oh, well, I mean, it's going good. Uh, I mean, we can't ask for a better spot, uh, start to the season as far as record goes. You know, we've, we've battled, but we've come out on top in both of our, our first two games. But, uh, you know, playing on Thursday night and, you know, we played a few Thursday night games, but it was always something that got changed in the middle of the week. So it's basically the first one where, you know, we pretty much just backed everything up a day. So we've, we've got our full work weekend. It, uh, it'll probably feel more weird on Friday morning, not knowing that you're playing Friday night than it will be on Thursday, but we're excited, uh, to be able to play. Yeah. Uh, the game at Carthage last week against Smith County. Uh, a physical group up front. Talk to me about that game as far as how your linemen handled it, because as big as that group is, you're not going to see that much size pretty much for the rest of the year, right? Well, I mean, you know, I got that question a lot. I did interviews almost every day last week, and that's the first thing that was said. And, you know, and, and it's true. You know, it's a big group across the board. You know, they're a good football team, good defensively, good offensively, and uh, they do have some size. And, you know, my only remark to that was, well, just make sure you look at our roster also. Uh, you know, my two tackles are 6'5 and 6'6, six, six, and, um, you know, my two guards are 6'2, but they're 270 or better. And, you know, and then my center is my smallest guy. He's 6'2, but he's 250, and he's probably the meanest one I've got. But, uh, those guys held their own. I mean, they did their job. I mean, they probably was a little bit tired of hearing how big the other team was. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it, it was a physical contest and uh, a good ball game, especially if you're a fan, not so much as a coach, maybe uh, probably a few more gray hairs I have in my beard now. But, uh, you know, our guys was up to the task. We They knew it was going to be a physical contest. They knew what kind of ball game it needed to be. Uh, and that's what they did for us. And uh, just really proud of our guys because they just continued to play no matter the situation, good or bad, uh, whatever may have happened on the play. They just, they was just ready to go for the next. Yeah. And a close game too. I mean, 17, 14 win, obviously good for your kids to win that type of game. But like you said, it has to be nerve wracking considering what's coming up next with Macon County and the way this rivalry has gone over the last couple of years. How do you get into a game like this without any sort of distractions? Well, really, it's just business as usual. You know, we you know we understand the implications of it being the first region game, and uh, you know what's at stake as far as potentially being able to play at home, uh, potentially still being in the running for a region championship. You know, so that all starts the first week of region. So, you know, we don't hide that fact from our guys, but we don't make it about that. It's still simply a football game, just like the first two that we played. Uh, so you still have to put in the work. You have to go through that process. You have to prepare. And you have to understand that you just got to take one play at a time and do the best you can. And, you know, we won't know the situation as far as win, loss, region, record, or any of that until the game is over. So we can't, you know, lose focus or or anything like that. Worrying about what's at stake. We just got to keep it simple and, uh, you know, do what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to do it, and simply just go play a football game. Some of the key players have changed on both sides with your kids as well as Macon County's kids from last year. But everybody's still expecting this to be a close ball game, considering how well these two teams kind of know each other. What's your take on 
what you've seen from Macon County's roster and how they're playing so far? Well, I mean, they're undefeated as well. You know, they started off 2-0 also, uh, you know, had some close ball games. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, over the last couple of years, especially since Coach Shoulders has been there, you know, they, they've got a stingy defense and then that wing tee. And, uh, you know, it's a challenge. You know, the biggest challenge is trying to reproduce it through the week. Uh, you know, hopefully it's a challenge to reproduce what we do also, you know. So, uh, but yeah, the last couple of years, it's, I mean, it's went down to under a minute to decide who was going to win this thing. So, uh, we don't expect anything less than that. You know, it's like our guys understand that uh, you got to go play uh, and you got to play all 48 minutes and you no know, one play could be the difference in the game. And it could be one play early. It could be one play in the middle. It could be one play late. Um, so, you know, that's kind of how we talk to our guys. And, uh, you know, we, we're expecting a, a great atmosphere and a fun night of football this Thursday. Yeah, uh, yeah Scott was asking about uh, Briss Trap and Malachi Trap and the start of their season so far and how they've come along with their development. Uh, well, I mean, it's been exciting. You know, there's, I think there's six traps on our roster, you know, including myself. So, uh, uh, but those guys, you know, Briz has, you know, done a lot of work with his feet. He's got great potential to throw the ball. Also, Malachi is, you know, has proven to, you know, make some big plays for us. I mean, he had two touchdowns called back the other night. Uh, you know, and then the first game he had a big score for us. Holden Trout, you know, he's another one. He had two uh, kickoff returns in the first game. Uh, you know, so he's been doing a good job for us also. But, you know, Malachi come to us right there at the end of June, uh, actually was in Marshall County last year. But, uh, you know, so he's still, uh, you know, through July and fall camp there trying to get his bead on everything. But, you know, he hasn't been a starter, but he's going to be a starter this week. And, uh, you know, we've been swapping him in and out offensively, but uh, we got to make sure he's on the field as often as he can be because uh, he tends to make things happen when the ball gets in his hands. So, um, you know, so those guys are doing a good job for us. Gabe Borders for Macon County has went over 100 yards in yardage first couple of weeks as well. Also on special teams, had a 93-yard kickoff return. So how do you slow him down, not just on special teams as well as defensively? Uh, yeah, good back. I mean, uh, you know, really making a lot of things happen. Uh, you know, done, done some things in the past game also. So we've, we've noticed – uh, everything that he's accomplished and uh, what his team's accomplished around him. So he's definitely on our radar. But, you know, it comes down to making sure that we do our job. You know, if we can eliminate some of his touches, maybe in special teams and things like that, then definitely with that, that's something that we'll try. But, you know, he's going to get his touches on the offensive side of the ball. So defensively, we just got to make sure that we're fitting it right, uh, you know, get our eyes in the right spot and, uh, you know, make sure where we're, we're supposed to be where we're supposed to be on defense and then just gang tackle. You got to make sure you get to the ball and get as many of our jerseys there as we can. No, when we talked in the off season and coaches in Q, you mentioned uh, how you were still trying to fill assistant coach spots. How has that come along since we've talked in, in May? Uh, well, we were able to, uh, to hire some guys. We hired two guys. One of them's a former player of mine, Cole Parsley. He, he played offensive line for us. Uh, you know, so we was able to get him in the school teaching English and, uh, uh, and coaching with it. So it's good to have these guys that, you know, used to play for me coming back in. So I've got a, my O-line coach, uh, Luke Green, he played for me also and played center. So my two offensive line coaches both played center for me uh, at different times. And uh, Casey Wheeler is the other guy that we that we hired, and he currently lives in Cookville. I think he actually played his high school ball in, in Red Bull and Springs. But 
you know, he had some ties to the Cab County, so we kind of mutually met that way. And he was interested in coaching, and we had a spot, you know, so we've got him down here with us also. He kind of leads our JV team uh, on offense and then works uh, with the DBs also on defense. So we were able to fill some spots. Would have liked to have one more, but uh, that just didn't come to fruition. Also, New for this year for you guys, that new scoreboard that we talked about during the off season. <laughs> how's everybody liking it? And uh, how much of a, how cool of an addition has it been for you guys so far? Uh, it's been really fun. I mean, the middle school got to play uh, at home before anybody else did. And, uh, you know, so we had it up and running and all that. And the next day, I mean, I was getting phone calls and emails about people asking how they could get involved on board on it, advertise on it. So, I mean, uh, and, and middle school, we just simply run ads, you know, so it's not as interactive as it is on Friday nights. And we're still learning the new things that we can do it and use it for. And, uh, but yeah, it, it helps create a great atmosphere. I mean, it's there. Uh, I know the coach Dyer at Smith County actually gave me a call after he watched our film and two things he asked, he's like, well, how do you get your scoreboard on your film? And then tell me about this jumbotron y'all got, you know, so we talked a little bit about that and, you know, just told him how we went about doing it. And, you know, hopefully it's something that they can accomplish too. You know, it's, it's good for the kids. It's, it's good for the community. Uh, it's good for our program financially and a lot of different ways that we can use it. So uh, uh, we're really enjoying that addition. Well, I know one thing I'm looking forward to getting over there and seeing it in person Thursday night. So uh, <laughs> I'll be sure to get there early and, and take a good look at it. So, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I'm going to have to get a welcome 615 preps thing up there. I can, we can hook you up with that. I'm sure. I'm sure we can. All right. Sounds good. Well, we're over there because of the, you guys winning Helmet Madness back in March. So we want to make sure that we can do this right for you guys. Uh, yes. Congratulations on that first off. Hopefully I have a little something to present to you when I get over there Thursday, but we'll see. Um, looking forward to that game on Thursday night and uh, good luck to you and the Tigers coach. Appreciate you hopping on with us this week. I appreciate you letting me come on and then talk about our program. Before we get to who you got, let's hear from our Spotlight sponsor for this week, Innovate Medical. All right, it is that time of the week where we try to tell you who we think is going to win some of the biggest games around the area. It is time for who you got. Pull up, pulling up these uh, stats from week to week two, and it was a lot better than week one. I'm very happy to say that we had a much better week across the board than in week one. Yeah, a couple of us needed uh, rebound weeks. Yes, yes, we did. I, I know I was one of them. So very happy to go eight and two and, and get myself out of the basement. Unfortunately, that put Reggie there, but you know he's used to it. Oh, Reggie doesn't care where he does his best hunting. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's quickly go over last week's picks. Um, Scott had to cap county over Smith County, and uh, yeah. he, he told us so. And, and Cam had BA over CPA on that one. Yeah. Uh, the next next batch of games, Tom and I had Blackman over Gallatin. Most of us had station camp over Hillsboro. Watertown won over Gordonsville. And Reggie tried to go with Westmoreland over Macon County. That didn't work out too well for him. And everybody had NBA over Pearl Cone. 
overall, we're all doing all right. Yeah. Pretty tight there at the top through two weeks. A uh, couple of extra told you so's for Tom, even though he slid, he slid into a tie for third. But uh, this is about the time that I usually, start. This is about the time that I usually just start to fall apart. Um. <laughs> well, let's not fall apart at this point. Let's get into our picks for this week. Starting with DCA Friendship Christian. Uh, Friendship Christian looks every bit the part of a state contender. And DCA, having having been the defending Division II single-A state champion, looking to try to bounce back after a rough start in week one, a, a loss to Middle Tennessee Christian. They had a big bounce back win over Ezo Harding, but this is going to be their first test since week one. And Reggie's on DCA, but the rest of us are taking the commanders at home in this one. Um, guys, what are you looking at in this game? Well, I, what I'm looking at is I'm, I'm looking to see uh, Garrett Weekly, uh, their senior quarterback over there at uh, that friendship, and Brock Montgomery, who's a huge target. Uh, he's averaging 111 yards a game receiving uh, on six receptions. You know, so, I mean, they are potent on offense. He's got an explosive team. question is going to be how their defense is. Yeah, the big test for the Commanders this week, uh, you know, I believe at halftime of this game, it won't the game won't be out of hand. You know, week one, Friendship was up 34 nothing at halftime in Charleston County. Last week, they were up 46 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Uh, you know, they do they are extremely potent, but I believe DCA makes them earn it this week. But I believe the Commanders are still eager to prove that they are the team to beat in Division Two One A. Yeah. Um, yeah. DCA is going to be there. They're going to be there at the end. I just—they've got a, a new quarterback who's a sophomore. He's—he's he's struggling with the typical young person issues. He's uh, got over 200 yards passing, but he also has three picks. Yeah. So it's it's you know typical growing pains. Um, yeah. I, you know, friendship is probably going to load the box and try to stop Ashton Jones, and that's going to be the key. If Ashton Jones gets going, then you know, it, it's going to, it could be a close game. Yeah, totally agree on that one. I think Ashton Jones still has a pretty good night, but I do think that uh, Friendship Christian really is out to make a statement, and this is the week for them to do just that. Next one is Independence at Centennial. Now, this one is important for Centennial to really kind of see where they are in that region. I mean, if they want to shake things up, this is a good game to do it. But we're all taking Independence in this one, and... uh I think in the, and after losing to CPA in week one, Independence bounced back in a big way over Trezament last week, shutting them out 34 nothing on their home turf. They get the road game at Centennial, but I still think that Indy is starting to find themselves offensively in, in Scott Stidham's offense, and uh, I think that they'll have a, a pretty good week. But Centennial's going to be – they are going to be some troublemakers in this region, I think. Yeah, I believe they, they can be for sure, uh, especially towards – that three and four seed spot, but I see Independence as as the two seed out of this region. Uh, really like uh, how they got back to the basics and getting Trey Hartwell going on the ground. Uh, I, I like the Eagles to to put up quite a bit of points here in week three and get a good road win over Centennial. I I, I think this game comes down to two players, and one of them uh, is the one Cam just mentioned, uh, Trey Hartwell. I expect a heavy dose of him for Centennial. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Xavier Haddix. He needs to have a big game. He has 11 tackles in two games and three sacks. 
if he if he can uh, contain Hartwell and uh, get after the quarterback, uh, Centennial's got a good shot. Next one on our list is a Thursday night clash that you guys will both be at, Watertown at Westmoreland. And we talked about this region quite a bit early on this season, a key game in that region. Um, everybody but yours truly is taking Watertown. I'm going to take Westmoreland just because, A, I've kind of pushed them a little bit. I'm going to stick with them for now. I think this is the game where they make the statement defensively and maybe finally get to 20 points on offense. I think that's what they're going to have to do to win more games than they did last year. Their defense will be there, but can their offense get to 20? They didn't do that last week against Macon County. They lost 20 to 15. With Westmoreland games, I think it's a race to 20 almost every week. If you get to 20, you're going to win. If you don't, you won't. And that's just kind of how I think about Westmoreland right now. Guys? This is a defensive game. I I don't know that either team gets to 20, to tell you the truth. Um, I if the Eagles can't block Noel Clemens, the big defensive tackle from Watertown, then uh, they're going to have a, a, a tough night. He already has 21 tackles. and uh, You know, they're a very opportunistic defense. Uh, you know, Garner Creswell had uh, two recovered fumbles and a, you know, a pick six uh, over Gordonsville. So, you know, it's a, it's a get-after-you type of defense. And, you know, Westmoreland, of course, they're all about defense. I, I see this as being maybe a 15-14 to 14 type of game, uh, but I, I do expect Watertown and KK West, uh, you know, to to kind of push uh, to kind of push uh, Westmoreland, and uh, I, I just think the uh, Purple Tigers are uh, have more firepower. Can I push you down for that score, 15 to 14? Sure. <laughs> you can put him down for his, but you can't put him down for what I'm about to say. So you can't put me down for what I'm about to say. No. Okay. Uh, I, I yeah. think Watertown makes another statement this week. Uh, you know, looking at the last five matchups between these two teams, you know, Chris, you mentioned a race to 20. Well, the problem is Westmoreland barely scores against Watertown, period. The last five seasons, uh, Watertown has outscored Westmoreland 165 to 12. You know, Water, uh, Westmoreland's only scored two touchdowns in five years against Josh Hackett's defense there at Watertown. Uh, they had a really great performance last week on the road against Gordonsville. Uh, KK West showed that, you know, they're a totally different team than what we've seen the last few years. They've all they've been a finesse team, you know, going spread, throwing bubble screens, throwing uh, quick slants. They are a straight power football team this year. Uh, I look for them – to surprise a lot of people, and I, I like like them to win by like three touchdowns on the road at Westmoreland. All right, all right, sounds good. There. Next up, the uh, backyard brawl between Blackman and Riverdale. Um, we're kind of split on this one. Um, Scott, you and Tom have taken Riverdale on this one. The rest of us are on the Blaze in this week. Uh, Scott, what do you think about this game for for Riverdale? First off, yeah, I, well, I just think this test is going to be a test for Riverdale to really see where they're at. Um, uh, the two teams they've beaten aren't, truthfully, aren't the caliber of Blackman, but I guarantee you this week they'll be pressing onside kick uh, receiving drills. But no, I really like Braden Graham. I like him to spread the ball around, and I really like the uh, running back Isaiah Verser. I think that they're de- defensively, I think they can slow down Blackman and, and, and do enough to win this game. Yeah, it comes down to, uh, you know, 
whichever tackle and probably tight end that is assigned to blocking Caleb Herring here in this game. Uh, you know, if Blackman can keep him from getting to the quarterback, I like the Blaze to put up enough points. I just like love their offense more than Riverdale's right now. Riverdale's uh, offense struggled to put up points against Franklin, which Franklin did prove to have a pretty good defense. As Page had a hard time as well. Uh, just, I believe Blackman's been tested in two games before this, a little bit tougher test than what Riverdale had in their first two. I like the Blaze to outscore the Warriors. I do have Blackman winning this game. I think it's a close one, but a key point to make here, no Ben Marshall for the Blaze. He is suspended for one game because of unsportsmanlike kind of penalties last week, so he will miss this game against Riverdale. Next up, Pope Prep and Father Ryan, the Bishop's Cup rivalry game that we see every year. Tom has Father Ryan, but he's not here to defend himself, so I'm I'm thinking this is going to be a close game. These two teams tend to play that way, but Kenny Minch, he's on another level right now. He's starting to really find himself this year. You know, Josh Maylander is a big target for him for the for the Knights, and I think if those two hook up enough. I think Pope Rep does win this game, but I can see Father Ryan certainly keeping it close for that one. Guys, uh, chime in if you will. Well, I think Kenny Michi is going to have to have a big game uh, after what uh, Father Ryan did to Brentwood last week, allowing them one yard rushing on 20 carries. So, but Kenny Michi is the quarterback that can do it. Uh, you know, he he is a upper echelon quarterback he's got really good targets um i I think that they are just too rounded that uh that father ryan will have difficulty uh stopping them and scoring enough points to stay ahead of them yeah i just really love pope preps uh, offense the way that they spread the ball around kenny minchie is i'm not going to say he's the best quarterback in the state uh, because of the the sheer number of great quarterbacks in the state of Tennessee this season. Uh, but I do believe he's the best passing quarterback in the state as far as pure passers. Uh, really like Kenny Mitchie in that offense. Father Ryan, great performance last week against Brentwood. R- big rebound for them after getting beat by East Nashville in week one. Um, but I believe this Pope Prep team has cruised through the first two weeks. They know it's time to turn it on. I like Pope Prep and a close one. All right. On to the next page, McGavick and Cane Ridge, another Thursday night battle. This is McGavick's region opener, Cane Ridge, one of them region play. McGavick much improved this year, but we're all taking Cane Ridge in this one. Guys, is this the week that McGavick does kind of prove itself to be more than just a fourth-place team? Scott, uh, Chris, you, you mentioned it right there. I, you know, if we had an upset special, you know, on this show, uh, this would be one that I would definitely consider, uh, you know, Anytime you have a, a guy like Demetrius Bell on, on the outside, not very many kids in high school across the country can guard that guy one-on-one, much less just in the state of Tennessee. Uh, if Kane Ridge can slow him down, uh, i like them to win pretty comfortably. Yeah, if uh, I know that Burnett uh, and the McGavick offense is, uh, is a uh, run-and-shoot type of offense, um, but – Cane Ridge is a team with speed. They they can they can manage stay up with uh, McGavick. I think that uh, you know with I think Goodlow has a good night running the ball. Um, you know, of course, Siobhan Abdullah's got most Phillips on the outside. I just think there's too much speed on the Cane Ridge side. I think that Bell is going to get his catches, but I just think that Cane Ridge has just got too much too much firepower. 
Next game on our list is FRA and Davidson Academy. This is where I will be Friday night with uh, Ty Clark III for FRA. Going to check him out after two very good weeks to start for the Panthers under Justin Geisinger. However, we are all taking the home team in this one, Davidson Academy, to bounce back after that loss to Boyd Buchanan last week. Gary Rankin's teams do some crazy things to opponents, and I fully expect Davidson Academy to bounce back after that week one, week two loss. So, guys, chime in. Uh, what do you think? Well, I think that we're going to find out a lot about both these teams in this game. I think FRA has played some opponents that they should have beaten, and they did. Uh, I think that Davidson Academy is a, a different animal. I think that uh, Knox Roberts is a is a is a really good quarterback, um, but and I think but I think that uh, they're going that Davidson Academy the Bears will run the ball. I think that uh, Gabe Cheney is going to have to have more than 1.5 yards carry, and I think he will. But they have got to find a way to get the ball to Cortland Simmons in space. They do. I think it'll be a long night for the Panthers. I agree. Uh, you know, Davidson Academy coming off a tough loss uh, at home against Boyd Buchanan. FRA coming off a, a big win against Silverdale uh, Baptist. Uh, the Panthers really have to like where they're at, at 2-0 and under new coach uh, Justin Gussinger. Uh, but I just really like Coach Quinn and his e- experience. You know, after a tough loss, he's the type of coach that can take that loss, turn it into positives, and make his team better. I look for him to show that this week. I like Davidson Academy. All right. Next game up is Siegel Rockville a key game in that region for both those teams. If one of them wants that number four spot in region four of class six, a they're going to have to win this game because Siegel lost a two and start for the second straight year. Rockvale was in the playoffs last year off to a decent start so far this time around, but uh, one of them is going to come out with a, with a big edge in region play after this week. Yeah. He's not here to defend himself, but I'll defend his pick for him. Uh, I'm sure the reason Tom picked Siegel there is the, the defensive performance the first two weeks by the stars. Uh, giving up six points against Green Hill, giving up six points against Laverne. Uh, you know, just a something we did not see coming, honestly, uh, was the star defense. Uh, they get a, a whole lot tougher test this week in the Rockville team. Uh, Rockville has a definitely a more explosive offense than Laverne. You know, the Green Hill uh, performance for Seagulls a little bit more impressive. Uh, Rockville's disappointed after some turnovers that pretty much decided the game against Smyrna last week. You know, three pick sixes. Anytime you have that, uh, your chances of winning go down drastically. Uh, I like the Rockets at home to uh, rebound and uh, defeat the Stars, but close, low-scoring game. I, I do like that single defense as well. Well, there there may be a little underlying uh, issue with Siegel. Their starting quarterback, uh, Thomas Santel, went out of the game in the first half last week. Uh, I believe it was a hamstring. So if he can't go, Cordell Cagle will take over. He Cagle uh, did a pretty good job. He threw a t- uh, what turned out to be the uh, deciding touchdown uh, last week. Uh, they've got a really good running game in, uh, with Christian Fletcher and Corey Sims. Um, the, the, and they, they, they have, like you said, that, that really good defense. Uh, Sims is also part of that defense that's given up six points a game. Um, but Rockvale, like you said, Cam, you know, you give up three pick sixes and two fumbles that uh, you fumble on back-to-back series that give Smyrna a short field. I don't care who you are, you're not gonna you're not gonna win with that kind of turnover. I look for Rockvale to bounce back 
I like them to. Uh, I mean, they got inside the forty, uh, inside the ten. I'm sorry, four times in the first half, came away with three points. I don't think that happens again to Brian Guthrie's team here. I think they come out solid, and I think that they actually win this game. All right. Next up on our list is Brentwood at Summit, another one of those key region games in Class 6A and Region 7. Summit bounced back in a big way last week over Spring Hill. Uh, Brentwood with that tough loss at, against Father Ryan. Um, could be a low-scoring game between these two teams. And, and Reggie's taking Summit. And, Scott, if you want to defend him, go right ahead. Well, I, Reggie's taking Summit, and I, I – I don't know if I can defend. I mean, honestly, I struggled with this game. I struggled a lot because I, I, I don't know who Summit is yet. Um, yeah, you know the the team that lost to Henry County or the team that you know won last week, uh, you know, really took it to Spring Hill last week. So, um, I, I can't explain Summit other than the fact that Reggie thinks that Austin Harvey and Logan Frazier are going to, you know, dominate on that offensive side of the ball, and their defense is going to do what a, a Brian Coleman defense does to running games. Yeah, I just the difference in competition. Uh, Summit, Summit played a tough comp, played some tough competition in, in week one against Henry County. Uh, you know, thirty to seven loss against the Patriots um, last week. They face a uh, not. Not a horrible team, but not a you know, Spring Spring Hill is kind of a borderline playoff team probably. Uh, but I I just really like Brentwood and what they've done the first two weeks. You know, they they upset Blackman on at home in week one. Um, last week, a tough loss at home against uh, Father Ryan, ten to seven. Uh, really love what the Bruins have going on defense on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, kind of a bend but don't break defense. I think they do enough offensively to win a close one on the road at Summit. I think it will be close. I, I honestly believe this is going to be a, a really tight game. It might be a fun game to watch if you get to see this one. How that one turns out. Now that brings us to our spotlight game of the week, which is Macon County at DeKalb County. And some people might be a little bit mad with me this week, and I'm okay with that because I went a little bit different direction. I'm on the visitors this week if only because I feel like what they're doing offensively is enough to get the job done this week. Um, well, I may be regretting this pick, though. I think DeKalb County does play very well at home. It's a tough place to go win. And I could be sitting here with an egg on my face next week. And he has made his selection. And his selection is... The Tigers of DeKalb County. Well, Reggie's on DeKalb County. I'm the only one taking Macon County this week, so um, we'll see how that pick turns out. Let's go over our picks real quick before we head out. McGavick at Cane Ridge, we've all got the Ravens. We're all taking Davidson Academy over FRA. Uh, Tom's on Siegel over Rockvale. Everybody else on the Rockets. Reggie's taking Summit over Brentwood. We've, the rest of us have the Bruins. I've got Macon County over to Cab County. The rest are taking the other Tigers in this one. Here we go. DCA at Friendship Christian. Reggie has DCA. The rest are on Friendship Christian. We're all taking Independence over Centennial. I've got Westbourne. The rest of us have Watertown. Blackman 
goes to me and Reggie and Cam as well. Scott and Tom are on Riverdale. And Tom's on Father Ryan, and the rest of us have Poe Prep this week. So, yes, we're kind of split on a lot of games. It should be an interesting week to see how these picks play out. I don't think there'll be a whole lot of separation. Yeah, and the big thing, you know, guys, if if your game wasn't one of the ten that we mentioned here, you can find our picks for your game on our website at 615pref.com. Week three is the starting week for region games. There's too many big games for us to to pick from. You know, we pick ten to talk about on here, but we pick them all. So, look, check us out on 615prefs.com. Should be a great week for high school football. Uh, And these are the games when it starts to count. You know, those non-region games that are – uh, you know, cross country, uh, cross county rivalries, or you know, county border wars, you know that kind of deal. Those are fun to win for bragging rights. But this is when it matters to get into the postseason and have a shot, have a shot at a gold ball. Yep. Well said. Very Cam. well said, Cam. Most picks will be out on our website on Wednesday, so make sure to check those out at six one five preps dot com. Before we get out of here, I want to thank our sponsors for this week, Miracle Auto Group. As the title sponsor for the Mid-State 48 and the Player of the Week Award, also Innovate Medical, they've got coverage of our Spotlight Series game between Macon County and DeKalb County this week. Um, drop us a line if you're interested in sponsorship. 615preps at gmail.com is that email address to get to us or reach out to us on social media as well. We've got uh, we've got plenty of ways for you guys to reach out to us if you're interested. If you know somebody who wants to sponsor a game, hit us up. We certainly have plenty of options for you. We can tailor it to your budget, however you like. So something to leave you on for this week. One final word from both of you guys. Uh, Scott, I'll let you go first. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, Cam was uh, pretty much said what I, was on my mind, which is big week uh, this week for uh, for teams out there. Um, you know, this is what, this is, this is what we cover this stuff for. This is, this is the, this is the fun week. This is when all the rivalries, uh, start to happen and, and things of that nature. So, you know, if you get a chance, uh, get out and and see a game, support your local school and, uh, you know, like I said, have fun, enjoy it. It's, it's high school football. It's meant to be fun. Uh, so enjoy it. Yeah, I'll and I'll leave on this note uh, for this show. You know, guys, there's a bunch of people that cover high school sports in the mid-state, a bunch. We have a small team here at 615 Preps, and what we do is something that no other team does that covers high school football in the mid-state. We give you content for free. When we are out on the road and we're at these games, if you see one of us, come up, say hi, tell us what you want us to work on. We need to know this feedback so we can improve our content for you guys. Do not be afraid to say hello. Promise Chris won't bite. Yep, well said. And I try not to. Uh, <laughs> if you feed me, it's usually a little easier. Nachos are always a good guy. So. Sorry, I had to do it to him. I had to do it to him. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, thank you all for watching their shows and listening to our content and, and you know, voting for Player of the Week because all that stuff you know helps us, A, get better, B, it helps us keep this thing free for you and C, it's just a hell, a hell of a lot of fun. Make sure, it really is. And make and, sure you like and subscribe. Uh, that also, that also mm-hmm. helps on our uh, – Get us to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, please, before the season is That is the goal. Is Help us get there. That's my ask. That's my ask. Help us get there. 
I don't ask for much, but that's my ask. So with that, we've done all the damage we can do for this week. Hopefully we'll have Tom Duggan back next week. He is a busy, busy man at this time of year as well with his radio obligations. So hope to have him back next week. For Scott Burton, for Cam Reed, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the Mid-State 48 Powered by Miracle Auto Group. We will talk to you on the Scoreboard Show on Saturday and again here on this show this time next week. Take care, everybody. Reggie.